Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. You may remember going back about two or three weeks ago, we dedicated a whole show. We spoke to John Wall and many other people, including the Irish Cancer Society, in relation to the cost of cancer. Ah, yes, that sounds bizarre when you say it like that. But when you're diagnosed with cancer, not only do you lose your work because you might have to go out of work to get treatment or you might be out of work altogether because you're just too unwell to go to work. You then have the cost of going to hospital. You might not qualify for a medical card, as John Wall explained. He didn't. Eventually, he did get one. And if you don't pay the bill... Yes, surprisingly enough, debt collectors will call to your door. Now, calls will be made today in the Dáil today for the HSE to abandon its practice of sending debt collectors to collect overdue fees from cancer patients and others. And Roisin Shorthall joins me on the phone. Good afternoon to you, Roisin. Good afternoon, Niall. What, Roisin, I, you know, I, I, as a party co-leader, surely you are shocked by this. And we did a whole show on this about two weeks ago. And we had people on literally crying that they had bills of 800 quid or more, including medication, etc., etc. And debt collectors knocking on their doors or sending, you know, nasty bills to them and letters to them. It is shocking, isn't it? It is absolutely shocking. And as one of my colleagues said this morning there, Kino Callaghan said, is this what the country has come to, that we're pursuing uh, cancer patients with debt collectors? Like... It's awful stuff. And, you know, you've heard all the stories yourself and there's been a lot of coverage of this and the Irish Cancer Society has done an awful lot of work on this um, and still the government won't budge on it. Our motion that we debated this morning in the Dáil was quite specific. I mean, there's, there's the whole kind of range of additional costs and charges that hit somebody when they have a cancer diagnosis. Like transport, loss of wages, there's, there's so Absolutely. many things. Absolutely, yeah. you know, additional childcare, heating their homes, yeah. all of those kind of things. But we kind of went quite specific and narrow with our motion and we did that consciously because if you have something wide you know you'll get a vague response from government we identified things that the government could actually change with the stroke of a pen and they could do it today if they you know had the political will to do it so we highlighted three things there's the inpatient charges and the 80 quid a a night if you're in hospital or even during the day Mm -hmm. uh, having cancer treatment. Uh, There's the fact that if you don't pay that charge within you know, 56 days that the hospitals actually set the debt collectors on you. And some of the treatment of by de- debt collectors of can- cancer patients has been disgraceful. By the way, Roisin, has anyone looked into the fact that when the de- they get the debt collector letters, are, are the HSE selling the debts or are they subcontracting a debt collector? I, I'm not too sure which way around they're doing that. My understanding is that it's sub- subcontracting. Okay. All right, okay. okay. Um, and then the third area that we concentrated on was the whole question of of parking charges and we know that you know the average cost for patients Absolutely. in treatment for yeah. themselves and their families works out at about 62 euro a week mm-hmm. and that's very substantial when you're dealing with all of the other ch- ch- costs involved yeah. so what the government itself you know had commissioned a report on this on the issue of parking charges it was during um, Simon Harris's time so four years ago they got a report on this they made a commitment uh, to deal with it, that commit- commitment is in the programme for government. They said they would at least cap the charges and they talked about, you know, a cap of €10 Euro per day. They haven't delivered on that. So We, that's also, we also have the €800 Euro charge per year, which is capped at €800 Euro per year for any single person going who ends up in hospital. So in other words, if a person is so sick that they end up in hospital overnight or for a period of time. Or just go in for yeah. treatment. Yeah. As a day patient, mm-hmm. you're still charged the 80 quid. 
for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and granted, it is capped, but eight hundred yeah. euro is a very substantial bill. Well, it is when you don't have, have to pay. Money. Yes, of course. Now, the other aspect of it was, and John Wall. I'm not too sure if you're familiar with him, but he's been yes, campaigning. I know John, yeah. yeah, he's been campaigning for quite a substantial amount of time. Now, he wasn't entitled to a medical card initially yeah. because obviously his partner was working, from what I remember. Uh, and a lot of people are in that situation where they might have a partner working or somebody else in the house working, and their income is over the threshold. But in saying that, their costs have gone up exponentially. They might, you know, and like everybody else, they have a lifestyle where they may have a car they're paying for, a mortgage they're paying for, whatever it is. And, you know, it's a huge burden on them. So I don't understand why when somebody is diagnosed, uh, you know, in a hospital with cancer that's going to cost money, why we can't give them a medical card for the period of time of the treatment. Would that be not fair? Absolutely. I mean, it's it's a devastating diagnosis to get and it turned the person's world upside down. And like the last thing that we that should be happening is that they're worrying about the costs as well. They should be concentrating on their own well-being, accessing their, their treatment and, you know, um, minding themselves so that they Absolutely. give themselves the best chance of recovery. But instead of that, a lot of cancer patients are in a situation where they're worrying about paying bills, about debt collectors arriving on their door step and you know that's just so wrong it's and immoral I had a lady on the air and her sister died of cancer and she told me for the last few weeks of her life she spent her, her day crying her eyes out worrying sick about the cost yeah and I I mean, said, that's not what she should be worrying about at that point in her life it's just shocking that the state is doing that to people mm-hmm. and as I say they could remove those uh, charges overnight if they were so minded. So why is but, it? Why has there been no political will to do this before now? Because it's not. This is not something new. I know the Irish Cancer Society broke down the bills there a while ago. We had them on the air talking about it. And but it, this has been known for years, and people have been campaigning for this years. So why has there not been a political will to do this before now? Yeah, unfortunately, you know, this government, successive governments haven't regarded this as a priority. If you look at the, you know, you mentioned there about medical cards, mm. like. The income limits for medical cards are incredibly low. Like for a single person, it's the the limit is 184 euro per week. Mm-hmm. Now that's substantially below the basic social welfare rate. Yeah. Do you know? I mean, very few people are on incomes that low. No, so you wouldn't be surviving people, in this country. No, you wouldn't. That low. Lots of people, even just on the financial side of things, lots of people with very low incomes, working or otherwise. And, you know, they're not entitled to any medical cover. And, you know, we know that what, nearly half the population now has private health insurance. But for lots of people, that's just completely out of the question. But people shouldn't be forced into a situation where they make sacrifices in order to get private health insurance. You know, our basic public health service should meet the needs of the population. And it doesn't at this stage. There's huge financial obstacles to accessing care. Well, you, so, you talked about private health insurance. I know many years ago, um, I think James Riley was probably the Minister of Health at the time, but we talked about this idea of universal social care, uh, which would be basically private health insurance for everybody. And we would pet, we would all pay for it out of our salaries or whatever it is. Mind you, I think we all thought we were doing that anyway with PRSI. But in saying that, we would all pay for it. And that means we wouldn't have this two-tier system, uh, which we currently have at the moment, which it is a shocking, inhumane and immoral system. And to a large extent, Niall, I mean, I've done a lot of work in relation to Care. I chaired a committee, a cross-party committee that came up with this plan for a universal public health system. Uh, And that plan is there. All parties signed up to it. But unfortunately, the present government are very slow on implementing it. But the intention of that was to bring Ireland into line with every other European country. Uh, Every other country has 
a universal public health care service. And there's different ways of funding that. You can do it through an insurance system, you can do it through, you know, PRSI, or you can do it through the tax system. But we are the only country in Europe where a person, where such a large number of people have to pay the full whack to see um, a GP even. Mm. Which, so is, which is shocking. I can go 80 miles up the road and I can see a GP for free. Uh, you know, up to Newry or wherever it is in Belfast or wherever. But you also see consultants. Absolutely. And you also get free medication and you get free access and no to a physiotherapist and, no and all of that kind yeah. of thing. I, no, I, I do understand it's a larger population. There's a bigger kitty, of course, and I, and I get all that. So has there been a suggestion of the cost involved in, say, something as simple as this and making sure we look after those who are most vulnerable and have been diagnosed with cancer? The, the overall cost of that couldn't be too high. When we look back at the last two years and the money that we've spent, mind you, and a lot of the money, mind you, we've wasted as well. And, of course, people are going to put uh, two and two together and say, well, hold on, we've got a CEO of the HSE who's earning nearly a half million euro a year. Surely we can put our hands in our pockets and pay for those who are very unwell. Exactly. I mean, access to timely, decent public health care is a very fundamental thing within a country. I mean, you know, at this stage in the country's development, if we can't do that, I mean, what are we about? Yeah. Um, it's, it's such a basic thing for people to have that kind of access and that reassurance that it, when things go wrong, they, um, the, you know, the state will step in and there will be access to health care. It's interesting to look, you know, the UK um, back in 1948 introduced the NHS. Um, and the vast majority of people in the UK are more than happy to, to use that. That was 1948, and they dropped a letter into every single house to say, this is your entitlement. It's not charity. This is about, you pay for this through your taxation system, and we recognise the importance of providing that security to people when they're at their lowest ebb. So that letter, imagine going into every single house in 1948, and here we are, what, 70-odd years later, and like we and haven't we still, got we even still close can't to even, that. But yeah, we have, can't provide basic health care. And I, again, yeah. I do understand it's a bigger population. Mind you, you know, I looked at the figures there recently for the NHS. Per head of population, they have less staff to pay out less money per head of population, and yet they seem to have a better service than we have. And that's a whole other question that we could talk about another day, Roisin, about how we reform the health service in this country sure. because it's a disaster. Happy to talk to you about slow to care yeah. because the plan is there. Everybody's yeah. signed up to it. The problem is they're not implementing I mean, it. We'll we just look at it at the moment. It's a complete and utter disaster. And it yeah. has been a disaster for 30 or 40 years now. We know that. Uh, Roisin, just before you go, in relation to education, sorry if I'm catching you off guard in this. Okay. Uh, and I'm delighted to see, by the way, that, you, that the Social Democrats are bringing in their private members bill today about the council. But in relation to education, a lot of students uh, not very happy with the hybrid or model of the Leaving Cert not being available to them this year. Minister Norma Foley seems set in her ways that they're going ahead, although they will have a better choice of questions, but they're going going ahead with the traditional leaving cert. Um, it, it doesn't seem like she's going to change her mind. It doesn't, no. And, you know, it's, a lot of students are disappointed with this. Others, you know, were happy to, to go with the standard leaving cert. But um, there's a lot of disappointment. And I think one of the worst elements of it is that there was such a delay in coming to a decision and there was such uncertainty. Um, Obviously, because of the fact that about a quarter of the current students didn't do junior cert, it wasn't as straightforward as the last two years in terms of, you know, the, the, an objective kind of measure mm-hmm. of students' ability. But notwithstanding that, I think the government could have done an awful lot more to maybe, you know, to, to have a different kind of hybrid, uh, to have um, points awarded on the basis of project work or, you know, additional coursework, that kind of thing. However, look, the decision is taken now and 
and I think we need to move ahead with this. Um, do you, the do you think it's time for us to get back to normal, inverted commas, when it comes to these, you know, to education, for example, and exams, that, you know, we can't keep putting it off? I mean, look, thankfully, for most of us, it looks like, you know, the, uh, I'm not just suggesting the pandemic is over. I mean, we all should have a level of cautiousness, but it seems we're getting back to normal again. So is it time to get education back to normal? then? Well, I think it is important at this point, with only four months to go to the Leaving Cert, that there's absolute clarity of what the students are facing. Uh, that's an important thing. But I would also say that I don't believe we should be getting back to normal with the Leaving Cert. Um, the Leaving Cert is very outdated. Um, it doesn't suit everything everybody um, and it doesn't recognise the inherent kind of educational disadvantage in the system. So we've been promised and I think most people would feel that there's a need for a reformed Leaving Cert that's most more relevant to people's lives now and that also tests a range of different skills, not just that skill of, you know, remembering stuff a memory, by rote. A memory exam. A memory test. Yeah. So, you know, the government now are in place nearly two years. Um, nothing has been done about reforming the Leaving Cert. But there has been, there, but there has been suggestions in the past. Look, we did it with the Junior Cert to some degree. I mean, a lot yeah. of it is based on project work now and assessment. Uh, but with the Leaving Cert, that hasn't been done. But the resistance has been there from the school teachers because, of course, they're saying, look, they, it's more work on their table, of course, and how can they be fair and will they have their favourites in the class and will parents be upset with teachers if they don't give their child the right you know, marks or project marks? So there's always been that resistance to it, to, to Changing there, there has, yeah, but I mean, everybody, I suppose most people resist change. It doesn't mean it shouldn't happen. And it's a very outdated exam. It, it, does, it disadvantages a lot of students. It, do, it doesn't really bring out the best in people and identify people with the ho- full range of skills that are required in the workforce and for life indeed. So, you know, there is a need in the medium term, certainly, for the government okay. to start looking at the reform of the Leaving Cert. But for this year, it seems that it is going to be run on the basis of what the Minister outlined yesterday. All right, listen, thank you very much indeed and I appreciate you coming on the air today. You're welcome. Uh, All the best. There you go. Party co-leader Roisin Shorthall from the Social Democrats. Private members bill put on the table today asking the government to step in and tell the health service to change its policy when it comes to sending debt collectors to people looking for money for cancer treatment, which... You'd imagine it's just common sense, wouldn't you? But unfortunately, we don't have a lot of common sense in this country when it comes to healthcare. All you've got to do is go up the road, you know, 100 miles, and you see a completely different system that seems to care an awful lot more about their citizens. Anyway, uh, the number's 087-188-008. Danielle, you're in Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you doing, Danielle? I'm good, thanks, Niall. How are you? Good. You, you were listening to Roisin there a few minutes ago, and, and you called in yourself because what's your issue? Um, I have Crohn's disease. So I, was, I don't have cancer. I have Crohn's disease and I have um, a blood disorder called polycythemia vera. Okay. So I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease in 2014 okay. and uh, the polycythemia vera then I was diagnosed in 2020. And, and, uh, how, so and how the, the second diagnosis that you, that you had, I'm not even going to try and repronounce what you said, poly, <laughs> whatever it is. How, how does that manifest itself? I, I'm very familiar with Crohn's disease and I know people who have it, but, they, yeah. but how, does that, how does that complicate it even more, your second diagnosis? So poly, polycythemia vera is an overproduction of platelets Okay. And a thicker, like a thicker viscosity of the blood. Okay. So you're at higher risk of a stroke and heart attack and oh things gosh. like that. Um, and fatigue is one of the big, um, I suppose, symptoms are, you know, downsides to it. Okay. Um, so I'm lucky I've, I've a, a lower level and I'm only 41, so, and I'm quite fit and active, so it's, it's, 
and, and how and fact. how are you coping with the Crohn's? Because I know somebody with it, and that can be very debilitating by times. Um, I was very sick for a long time, and the strange thing with Crohn's is that you start to normalise your symptoms. So, yeah. uh, going to the toilet twenty five times a day becomes normal, no matter how abnormal it sounds. Yeah, and a pain, uh, and a pain in your stomach on a regular basis yeah, becomes normal. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and you know things that just aren't normal to someone else just become normal but I'm lucky I'm on a, a good medication now the last I think kind of two years and it's working really well so okay. I don't um, I don't experience as many flare-ups thank God as and, and I know some people can have it a lot worse than that as well you know they're yeah exactly yeah extreme. they can get parts of their bowel removed and yeah, yeah. you know really you know yeah it can be very it's difficult hard, like, okay. yeah. so in relation to your circumstances you got your medical card taken off you now why did they yeah. take your medical card off you so I was working a little bit more and to be honest, they made it harder to reapply for it. So you couldn't you couldn't reapply online. You had to print off the forms and my little girl was born in twenty sixteen. I'm a single parent so I was quite busy and um I just kind of, I, I let it lap. Yeah. And then yeah. when my when the polycythemia vera was diagnosed, you basically have to go into the hospital or your doctor and you get venous sections so they drain off some blood right, okay. in your blood. And when I went to the specialist, she was like, well, you need six of these every three weeks and a visit to the hospital just to sit in a bed or, or get your you know, medication is 80 euro. So I was already, you know, being billed 80 euro for my Crohn's disease visit for my infusion uh, for the medication. And then because the infusion was going into my blood and the blood was being taken out for the other issue, uh, it meant I'd need a little bit more. So you're talking like 160 euro every six to seven weeks. Oh, um, gosh. You know, which and, that, was, and, that, and that's, not, that's not easy when you're a single mom looking after a child no, and exactly. you've got one job. Yeah. Yeah. And then like I was in receipt of the pandemic unemployment payment because we're all in this together and. Oh, we yeah. were all shut down and sent so, home and everything. So I'm led to and believe, by the way, I we're know, all yeah. this <laughs> together. <yeah. laughs> That's true. Um, but when it came for that to be stopped, uh, they wouldn't give me my, sorry, they wouldn't give me the medical card because I was in receipt of the pandemic unemployment payment. So I was over the threshold. And what, but I, I'm, I'm confused by this. So when you were on the PUP, obviously you weren't getting as much work. or what, 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 No. Okay, so you weren't getting any work, I imagine, at that time, were you? No, it was like very little, little okay. to none. Yeah, okay. Um, so you were down well, on the deal and then yeah. they, they say to you, because you're on the PUP, we can't give it yeah. to you. And it was like four, it might have been about four euro in the threshold. That's incredible. So it wasn't like I was making 140 euro more than, you know, the threshold or whatever. It was well, like I, mean, I don't euro. understand the logic of that. You're on a social payment, yeah. which is a payment from the Department of Social Welfare, a PUP payment, and they take your money, your medical card off you. Yeah. So then um, I, I I kept trying to fight it. And I was like, I, I need it. You know what I mean? I was of like, course I can't you do, yeah. it. And then the pandemic unemployment payments was stopped, you know, the lower one. Um, and when I reapplied, I was in, I was awarded my medical card then because the pandemic unemployment uh, payment was no longer, I was no longer getting it. Like my whole point was, you know, I'm sure anyone with money or without money, yes, money makes life easier. But when it comes to your health, it doesn't really help that much. It pays the bills, but yeah, uh, as you can imagine, and with Crohn's disease, stress is a, a huge thing. So stress and worry, like it's sort of a vicious cycle, and makes you worry even more, which makes you, you know, kind of get sick more frequently. Um, so worrying about money, you know, is kind of the last thing you want to do when you're really unwell, you know. So um, it doesn't help really. And so, where? Are you, what point are you at now? 
So, so are, are you back in? You're back in work, I assume. Um, I'm only a little bit back in work because yeah. uh, I work kind of corporate, and they're not after opening yet. So I've a, a small bit of work going on, and um, my medical card was obviously awarded to me. Yeah. But the payments that I didn't make while fighting for my medical card, they don't backdate it, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So if it was six weeks. Uh, if the last invoice was sent out six weeks in the time frame of getting my medical card, then that would be wiped out. But because the last invoice was sent out in September and I got my medical card in November, then I still have to pay the payment. And, um, and how, much, how much do you reckon you it's, owe? It's €480. Euro. Right, that's, not, that's, a, that's a big bill when you don't have a huge yeah. amount of money. Yeah. Now, when I rang the crowd earlier on, I was like, he was like, oh, you can uh, talk about a payment plan. And I said, look, at this present moment, I'm of the mind frame that I'm not paying it. Yeah. I've had my Crohn since 2014. That's no new issue. Yeah. You know, yeah. so you know about this. And I was like, but I'll contact the hospital and see what they say. And he was like, you can, but, you know, they probably won't do anything. So did you try contacting the hospital? No, I didn't yet. I okay. actually just hung up the phone from your man, turned on the radio, and here you were talking about it. And I was like, how convenient. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I, you probably could talk to the hospital and just tell them you don't have the money. Yeah. And that's the end of it. And you believe that you're being treated very unfairly. And I believe you're being treated very unfairly. Uh, because, I mean, because you're on a social payment, the very idea that they would take the medical card off you, you know, in this pandemic, so to speak, when we're all in this together, as you rightly said, seems yeah, a bit, yeah. it seems a little bit nasty, to be honest with you, apart from anything else. I mean, why they would do that. Now, you heard Roche Shortall mentioned there a few minutes ago the threshold is 189 euro a week now that's of course after you've taken out your rent and what have you as well as far as I know but, yeah, but, yeah. but, but in saying that I mean 189 euro a week so in other words are they kind of saying you have to be desperate to get a medic, medical card which shouldn't be the case I think so and to be honest I think aren't you desperate if you're unwell well you are desperate aren't you we're all you know? desperate by times yeah I mean, that's, I, I don't know what to say to you because I, I just find that shocking. And this is exactly what Roshi was talking about. Look, this private member's bill, I don't think it's going to help you in this situation. Uh, but yeah. I think overall what she was saying is we need to look at Slanja Care. Um, I'm, I'm not too sure if you're familiar with that, but basically that's like a universal social care for everybody, whereby you wouldn't be landed with bills and you shouldn't be charged for things like that, you know, that are life-threatening. You know, you shouldn't be charged. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There should be no yeah. cost to you whatsoever. If you were in any no. other country in Europe, you wouldn't be paying for it. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. So uh, so your next step is, are you going to ring the hospital and see how you get on? I will, uh, I will. Just tell them you don't there. have it. Just say I don't have it, I'm sorry. I'm a single mum, you know, I, I have one job, boy, a child. I can't afford yeah. it. I can't afford it, I'm uh, sorry. And plus, like I say, I was in the process of fighting for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was trying to get it. I was emailing and, you know, because they're all at home, the emails take longer, there's no one starts to stand in over them to say, do this, and you're only a number. Yeah, you, of course, There's no yeah. face to the people they deal with, so I don't think they, you know, they care, really. It's just, a, yeah, your number, whatever, 217, I'll get you when I can, and look, no, you don't fit the box of that we have in front of us on the screen, so sorry, and then yeah. that's it. You know uh, what I mean? And I'm looking here, by the way, the, the HSE collected over half a million euro in, uh, to debt collectors. So that's the last thing you want, by the way, is nasty letters yeah, coming in your yeah. door, you know what I mean? Yeah, I understand. yeah. Okay, look, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm, Danielle, I'm sorry to hear that, and thanks for highlighting it. I'm no sure there's many other people around the country now. Much. Same. All right, thanks very much indeed. Danielle, that's, that's an awful story. 
But then again, so we're living in Ireland. What's new? You know what I mean? We just put the cart before the horse constantly all the time. And it just breaks my heart that you've got people like Danielle and you've many other people around the country who are paying for healthcare who are not wealthy people. She's not wealthy by any stretch of the imagination. She's got a job. She's a single parent. She's trying her best. And then she ends up on PUP during the pandemic because she's lost her job. And all of a sudden, then they're saying, ah, we want your medical car back now because we're giving you 350 a week or whatever it is they're giving you. That's ridiculous. I mean, what's this going? What are we doing in this country to people? You go up the road there, as I said, 100 miles up the road, up to Newry there, and you're in the NHS. Come on in. It's all free of charge. Go to your GP. It's free of charge. Go to a hospital. It's free of charge. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.